Well, I am super excited to be here this morning, super thankful for this opportunity to be able to share and to be able to open God's Word together with you in person. Um, I am fired up after that worship service, so thank you so much to the worship team. Thank you so much for preparing our hearts for this opportunity right here to ask God into our hearts, to ask God into this presence in this space and to allow us to draw near to him because obviously we are in the middle of a series that we kicked off last week called how sweet the sound and I don't know about you but that sound this morning was incredibly sweet and I am uh, I'm I'm a little shaky right now just because of how great that was and uh, you know I'm fighting back some tears a little bit just trying not to get too emotional because of what we're going to talk about today, uh, and that being God's greatness and his great and, and his worthiness of our worship. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, I want to pray real quick before we dive in, just because I want to ask God to, uh, to open our hearts and everything in this moment. So if you would, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you that we get to do this. Not that we have to do this or not that we're drug here to do this, but that we get to do this, to come together in your presence, to ask you to speak to our hearts, to move us like never before, to do something in our lives that we couldn't do on our own. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the freedom that we get to experience because of you and because of what you do for us. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us will have this posture right now of, Lord, I'm listening. Speak to me. God, I just ask that for each and every one of us, myself included, we are listening. Speak to us. Move us and draw us near to you. May you be glorified by this message and this time that we have together today. May it be for the benefit and for the good of those who hear this word, myself included. Help me to get out of the way that everything that is heard, anything that is experienced or felt during this time and this message, let it all be from you. Again, I ask this be for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, if I hadn't had the pleasure to meet you, uh, if you're watching us and joining us online, my name is Alex Hanvey, and I have the, the privilege and an honor to be part of the pastoral leadership team here at the Vine Church. And I'm just thankful for that and what that means and, and just being able to be part of such an incredible collective group of people and faithful followers of Christ that come together and do just like what David said, they spend time every Sunday to set this up. They spend time after service to break it down so that we can have a special place to worship our God. And so I'm thankful for that and to be part of this incredible church. And if you're uh, joining us online and you would like to follow along with scripture, but maybe you don't have a Bible, there will actually be uh, the scripture and the passages in the Bible app if you want to follow along there you can find us through the events uh, tab and page there 
as well as if you need a Bible, if you're watching this online and you need a Bible, you don't have a physical Bible, we will send you one. We will get you one, and however uh, it takes, whatever we need to do, we will get a Bible in your hands if you need one. So just let us know. Email us at hello at thevine.tv or leave a comment on whatever uh, social media page that you're watching from. We would love to get you uh, God's Word in your hand. And there will also be scripture on the screen as well as we go through some of the verses that we talk about this morning. But as I mentioned, we're, we're in the second week of a series called How Sweet the Sound. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to pick up where Tyler left off and to run with this message today. And so as I was praying through and preparing for what I would talk about and what God would have me to share uh, I came up with a couple of questions that I was asking myself, but that I think each and every one of us need to ask uh, introspectively. Like, we need to be asking these questions to ourselves because we need answers to them. So if you're following online or even if you're here in the house today and you want to leave a comment on the, the, the Facebook page or something, or if you want to email your answers, feel free, but you don't have to respond to these. These really and truly are things I just want you to think personally about today. And the first question I want us to ask ourselves is, what does worship mean to me? When you hear the word or the phrase or the term worship, what do you automatically think about? Maybe it's singing, maybe it's music without words, maybe it's just instrumental, because maybe that's what worship is to you, is just playing music from your heart. Or maybe when you hear the word and the term and the phrase worship, you automatically think about church. Maybe you think about a worship service such as this right here. And if so, do you believe that worship can happen outside of the church, outside of the church walls? Do you believe that worship can take place somewhere other than in a worship service? And the next question I wrote down and I want us to ask ourselves is, who or what do you worship? And here's the catch. You can only worship one thing, one being, one God, one person, one item, one object, one idol, whatever you want to refer to it as. You can only worship one. You see, because that's what worship is. That's how worship works. You can't worship multiple things. You can't be fully devoted to separate things. So you can only worship one thing. So who or what do you worship? Where is your devotion? Where does most of your time and dedication go? The third question I have is, hopefully your answer to that second question is that you worship the Lord. You worship God. So in that sense and with that answer, how do you worship the Lord? What do you do to worship God? How do you do that? What does that look like in your life? And the fourth and final question is, what drives and fuels your worship? Another way to put it is what makes you want to worship? What gives you that desire and passion to worship? Well, last week, Tyler, great message. Tyler talked about having the heart of worship, having a heart of worship. And he talked about David and, and the the, uh, the plan and the challenge he had of getting the Ark of the Covenant into the presence of the people of God so that they could be in the presence of God. And so that was something that, 
that David was passionate about. David had a desire to worship the Lord as much as he possibly could. He had a heart for God. And David wanted other people to be able to experience what that was like. And so Tyler started off with the heart of worship. And that's where I want to pick up and continue from today. Because you see, it all starts with having a heart of worship. A desire to worship the Lord our God all begins with knowing our God. Why would you want to worship something that you didn't know or someone that you didn't have a relationship with? You see, so having a heart of worship starts with truly knowing God. Because when you know God and his goodness, you can't help but want to worship him. You can't help but want to sing praises to him. You can't help but want to be devoted to God the Father who gave his one and only son so that you, a sinful person that did not have a relationship with God, could have a relationship with God through his son who sacrificed himself for you so that you could have life by believing in him. See, when you know a God that is that good, you can't help but want to worship and praise him. So having a heart of worship is where we begin, and it starts with knowing God. You see, in the Greek and the Hebrew, there's a couple different words that refer to worship. But if you sum them all up, this is what I came up with, three points that kind of cover and encompass what worship means. The first is to fear the Lord. And now when I say fear the Lord, I don't mean to be afraid of him or to be scared of him, but I mean to have reverence for the Lord. And reverence is a great high level of respect. So we respect and we revere the Lord our God. The second is that we humble ourselves or that we surrender ourselves to the Lord our God. And the third is to be devoted or to be obedient to God and to what his word calls us to do. Now, those three things are not easy to do. And they're sometimes challenging. And we're going to see that today because I want to challenge each and every one of us self-included, because we must be stretching ourselves daily to follow the Lord our God more closely, to know him more intimately, to learn his word, to study his word, to spend time with him. The author of Hebrews sums it up pretty well in chapter 12, verse 28. It says this, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Let us respect the Lord our God at the highest level and be in amazement and awe at how wonderful and great he is. And again, that all comes with a heart of worship because we know how great and how good he is. You see, one of the awesome things about worship that I've as I've been studying and obviously like growing up and, and going through church and stuff, is worship can really be expressed in multiple ways. There's not just one simple cookie cutter way of this is how you express worship and there's absolutely no other. So these are a couple of ways that came to mind of expressing worship. Song or singing. Singing is one way that some of us are gifted to sound good and to actually be able to express worship. Another is through music. 
just playing an instrument to be able to show worship and to express worship to God. Another may be dance. Prayer is a way to show worship and express worship to God. And then another is service, to be able to serve the Lord our God or to be able to serve the people that God cares about, the people that God has a heart for. We can serve them and worship our God at the same time. And the list can go on and we could talk about different ways that each of us individually worship God every single day of our lives. So there's a great list and a great many ways that we can do that. You see, in the way in which we choose to live our lives can actually be a form of worship to God. It can be to follow God or it can actually be to turn our backs on God, to be against the Lord our God. And so it's important for us to choose do we live a life of worship or do we live a life that turns our back and rebels against God? Because you only do one or the other. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, I, I worship God today, I turn my back tomorrow, I worship him again, and then I'll keep going back and forth. We choose one or the other. And our desire to worship God is where this begins, as Tyler talked about last week with the heart of worship. Now what I want us to talk about is when we have that heart of worship, when we know how great God is, I want us to talk about the act of worship. The outward sign of this inward desire that we have to worship God, I want us to talk about what that looks like. And in particular, I want us to talk about worshiping the Lord our God with our hands. Our hands. And as we think about that, when I mention worshiping God with your hands, there may be a couple of things that come to mind right off the bat. One may be during our worship service, as you're singing and you're worshiping the Lord our God, maybe worshiping him with your hands means raising your hands in the air to praise him and to surrender to him. Maybe that's one form of worship that you think about. Maybe another is just whatever you choose to do with your hands, the act of service, the act of helping other people, setting up this stage and all this equipment and all these chairs and doing all the things that we do every week, that may be what comes to mind with what you do with your hands to worship the Lord. And both of these are acceptable forms of worshiping the Lord. And so I want to talk about each of them individually this morning and dive in a little bit more into them. And so the first one I want to talk about and I want us to focus on is lifting up our hands in worship. What does that mean? What does that look like? Why do people do it? Should I do it? Should I not do it? Is it okay if I do it? Because that's something that you don't really talk about a lot in church. Either you're the kind of person that feels free to raise your hand or you're the kind of person that's rather just, you know, you just sit there. You don't feel like, you know, you're not motivated or prompted to lift your hands. And there's nothing wrong with that. But usually it's one or the other. You're not really like an in-between. You either lift your hands or you don't lift your hands. So why do people do that? And honestly, if we think about it, it's probably difficult for the, one, for the people who don't feel free to lift their hands. It's hard for you to lift your hands. You're a little maybe apprehensive. You're a little anxious about it. You're a little nervous. But why do you think it makes you uncomfortable to do this? When you're singing praises to such a great God, why does that make you feel uncomfortable? Have you ever really thought about it or have you always just said, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. You know, I, I, it's just not something I feel like doing. Well, to start with, 
If you are not in church and you're just out somewhere, what does that mean, right? That's a universal sign of, hey, I surrender. I give up. Hey, don't, you know, if you're playing paintball and you don't want to get shot, that's what you do. You hold your hands in the air so that people will not shoot you with a paintball. You surrender. And so in that posture, even doing that up here in front of you guys, it's a little vulnerable. It makes you feel vulnerable. And a lot of times being vulnerable is very, very, very uncomfortable. And it's hard for us to do as individuals, whether it's here or outside of church. But I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to allow yourself to be vulnerable with God. Because when you are vulnerable with God, you will also grow with God. If you allow yourself to always be comfortable, to always hide behind fear, how can you ever grow or refine your faith? You see, because in those, in those moments where you do something that steps outside of your comfort zone, it challenges you and it encourages you and it helps you to refine your faith. And I use the word fine rather than grow your faith. Because it's not always about the quantity of faith you have, but about the quality of faith you have. Because Jesus teaches his disciples and he teaches us that it's not about having a huge amount of faith, but it's faith as small as a mustard seed that can move a mountain. Now, I would like to think and believe that most of us would say, well, I have complete faith in Christ. I have complete faith in the Lord my God. When's the last time you moved a mountain? Physically, literally, when is the last time you've moved the mountain? Or when has a spiritual mountain been moved out of your way? You see, it's not about the quantity, it's the quality to refine and to purify the faith that we have in God. Not in ourselves, not in the things that we do, but in God. So in talking about lifting our hands in worship to God, like I want to I wanna talk about that act. Oftentimes when you see people worship, and they lift up their hands, their hands are open, right? So when we open, when we do have the action of opening our hands, that allows us, and that's what we do when we need to let something go, right? When you're holding on to something, you want to let it go, you open your hands. And so now when it comes to our relationship with Jesus and with God, maybe there's not something physically or literally in the palm of your hand that you have to open up and let go, but spiritually, we can open our hands and let go of the things that we've been holding on to that God never asked us to pick up. Or maybe we can let go of the things that have been holding on to us. You see, so I wanna challenge you to open your hands to stretch them out to God. And then at the same time, when we open our hands, not only can we let things go that we shouldn't be holding on to in the first place, but it allows us to more easily receive the things that God actually wants to put in our life. It allows us to be able to catch and to be able to handle what God has given us. 
So the posture and the act of opening our hands to let go of the things we don't need and to catch the things that God actually has for us. You see, and to me and to all of us, I believe that the lifting up of our hands, whether that's above your head or stretching them out in front of you with palms towards the sky or whatever that may be, whether it's in worship or in prayer, that is the outward reflection of some internal posture, internal like feeling that you have. It reflects what is going on inside of you. You see, and this isn't just some cool idea that somebody came up with for attention and said, oh, you know what, I bet if I hold my hands, people are going to think I'm more spiritual. You see, it's not that way. Now, some people treat it that way of, oh, I'm holding my hands up. How many people is looking? Maybe, maybe they'll get a picture of me with my hands up during the worship service and they'll post it on social media. You see, that's why some people put their hands in the air. But you see, lifting our hands up is not about who we can get attention from, but it's about giving our attention to God. It's about saying, God, I am devoted to you. I am surrendered to you. I give everything to you. So what does that mean for you personally? Worshiping the Lord your God with your hands. You see, Scripture is full of references to lifting up our hands to God. That's what I want us to look at. I've got a, a few verses here that I'm going to go through and that I want us to look at and to read to see that this is not just some idea that someone came up with, but rather that Scripture actually encourages us and teaches us about lifting up our hands to the Lord in worship. So Psalm 63 verse 4 is the first one. And it says this, So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Psalm 88 verse 9 says, Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Psalm 141 verses 1 and 2 says, O Lord, I call upon you. Hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And then if we go to Ezra, chapter 9, verse 5, it says, Then at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my self-abasement with my tunic and cloak torn and fell on my knees with my hands spread out to the Lord my God. Then let's look at one from 1 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 8. Paul writes, Therefore I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. So what I want you to see and what I want us to understand is that lifting up or stretching out our hands is not just some weird charismatic thing that someone came up with and that strange people do, but rather that it is something that the Word of God teaches us is an act and a sign and a form of worship to him. It is a symbol of our surrender, our devotion, our humbleness before God and to God, that we are committed to him. Now I want us to look at the second part of worshiping the Lord our God with our hands, and that's with the work of our hands. That's with what we do with our hands. You see, with our hands, we can do many things. We can build we can create, uh, we can fix things, 
We can tear down things. We can direct people what to do, where to go. There's an entire language built off of using your hands to communicate without even speaking a word. Sign language. You see, we can do a lot of things with our hands without ever even using a word. So our hands can be powerful tools. They can do a lot of things in our lives, right? They can, they can move things out of the way physically, and they can build up and they can tear down. Psalm 90 verse 17 says this. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Let me read that again. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. You see, our hands can do many things. And our hands are important and powerful tools that can be used to glorify God to worship God, and to do great things for God. Now, I want to take a moment, a moment and I want to shift just a little bit. Now, whether you believe that Jesus lived the perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave, whether you believe that or not, whether you believe that the God of the Bible is real or true, whether you believe parts of the Bible or all of the Bible, I think that we can all agree that there are some spiritual elements in this world and in this life that we live, right? There are things that happen. There are things that take place that are hard to explain with a valid or like a, a real comprehensive explanation outside of it was a miracle. It was something supernatural, right? There are supernatural dynamics to this thing we call life. And I want to look at one of those from the book of Exodus. And I'm just going to kind of summarize this, this uh, passage for you. But from Exodus chapter 17, the Israelites are, <clears throat> are in the middle of a battle. And they're going to war with the Amalekites. And so during this time and at this point, Moses is leading Israel. And so Moses goes up on top of a, a hillside or on top of a mountain and he's looking down and he can see the war taking place. The Israelites on one side and the Amalekites on the other. Well, Moses stands with his arms lifted in the air toward heaven, toward God. He, he has his hands lifted up and as long as they are lifted in the air, the Israelites are winning the war. The moments that his hands begin to drop because he is tired and because he can't hold them up, the Amalekites begin to win the war. Now we know that there is a physical war taking place. There are actual human beings that are fighting one another in that battle. So there is a physical element to this war that's taking place but at the same time, with hands lifted high, the Israelites win. With hands dropped, the Amalekites win. So there is a spiritual element to what is happening, and it's because of Moses' act of lifting his hands. And there is something that is happening, and it all comes from God. 
So the, the victory that the Israelites have, their battle that they are facing is influenced not just by what they can do physically on their own, but by what God is doing by surrender and devotion and worship of him through Moses. And I want to read this from that passage. So it says in verse 13, So Joshua and the army of Israel overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. And it goes on and it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it. Because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner, he said, because hands were lifted high, hands were lifted up against or either to the throne of the Lord. The Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. You see, Moses understood that the victory did not become or come because of his obedience, because he was such a great leader or because of the effort of the Israelite army, but the victory came because he was obedient to lifting his hands in worship to the Lord, knowing that the Lord is where our victory comes from. In Exodus 7 and 9, before the Israelites flee from Egypt, God instructs Moses to perform a couple of miracles, a couple of signs to influence the Pharaoh and the people of, of Egypt to let the Israelites go. And in those instructions, the Lord instructs Moses to hold out his hand as he speaks some words in order to perform a sign. You see, God could have said, Moses, speak these words, and this will happen. And Moses could have stood there with his arms crossed and said some words, and it would have happened because God said so. But rather, God instructed Moses to stretch out his arms and his hands and I believe there is meaning in that. There is something for us to take from that that God wants us to know. That there is power, one, in our hands, not just by them alone, but by our obedience and our surrender and devotion to God. You see, when Jesus would heal people during his time on earth, oftentimes he would do what? He would stretch out his hand and touch them. Now, this was in complete contrast to what the religious Pharisees would do at that time, which would be to separate themselves, to distance themselves from people who were sick or needed healing, and they would not go near them. They would certainly not touch a sick person. But yet, Jesus reaches out his hands and touches them to heal them. I believe there is something that God wants us to know in surrendering ourselves and to lifting our hands or to stretching them out to be obedient and to worship him. Romans 12 verse one says this, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And then Paul says, this is your true and proper worship to surrender yourself, your whole body, from head to toe, include your hands, to surrender them to God, and this is your true and proper worship. Two things I want us to take away from this message and from this word that I pray that we are challenged with and can be encouraged by. 
is that often we avoid lifting our hands up in worship during a service because we care so much about what somebody else might think. Because it puts us in a place to be vulnerable and it somewhat scares us. But I want to encourage you not to allow your fears and concerns of what other people may think about you raising and lifting your hands to a God who deserves it, who is worthy of it. If the Spirit moves you in this next song that we do, if the Spirit prompts you to do something that is uncomfortable by lifting your hands up in the air, and raising your hands as you raise your voice to God in worship, I pray, listen. Because if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you are obedient, it will change you. It will grow you, it will stretch you, and it will draw you closer to the God that you worship, that you seek, that you want to be near. And whether it is lifting your hands during a worship song or it's using your hands, with the work that God has called you to do physically. What I want us to understand, each and every one of us, you can only worship one thing, one being, one God, one idol, one person. We get to worship the Lord our God through our obedience. So if he prompts you today or any day to worship him with your hands, lifted high, stretched out, with your palms open at your side, whatever that may be, whether it's to serve someone, to give someone a few dollars because you see that they're in need, whether it's to pick up chairs after a service or to help sit them out before the service, be obedient to God. That is how we worship Him. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for this time that we have today. Thank you for this opportunity that you give for us to come into your house, to praise you, to serve you, to worship you, and to bring glory and honor to you. I pray that you will be here with us as we worship through this last song. I pray that you will help us to be obedient. I pray that you will help us, Lord, to have open eyes and open ears and an open heart to receive what you have for us in this time. I pray that we stop worrying about what other people may think, that we allow ourselves to be vulnerable with you so that we can grow with you. Lord, I thank you again for this time. I pray that you bless this moment of worship in this time of worship. If you are listening to this service and this message, and you have never surrendered your life to the God who gave his son for you, who loves you. You've never surrendered yourself to the Lord and Savior that sacrificed himself on the cross for you. That rose on the third day so that you could have life by believing in him. If you've never allowed yourself to be vulnerable to that, to surrender to Christ, I want to encourage you and I pray that the Holy Spirit will prompt you to do that now. And if that is you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, but understand it's not because you say some special uh, words or phrases or terms, but it's all about the heart that you have behind it. So if that's you and you want to surrender to Jesus, you want to give your life to the Lord, pray this with me. Lord Jesus, 
I am a sinner. I need you. I turn from my way to you. I believe you lived the perfect life. I believe you died the death that I deserve. And I believe you love me enough to rise in victory over both sin and death. Help me to follow you the rest of my life the best way I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer and you really and truly want to know more about what that means and what you just prayed, feel free to reach out to us here at The Vine. Email us at hello at thevine.tv or prayer at thevine.tv or just comment like a, a raised hand emoji or I gave my life to Jesus within the message on the video today. And we will get in contact with you because we want you to understand what commitment and surrender you just truly made. And we want to help you to follow him step by step the best way that you know how. Lord Jesus, in this time and in this moment, help us again to allow ourselves to be vulnerable and obedient to your word and your prompting by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand and sing with us.
today you've allowed yourself to be stretched you've allowed yourself to maybe step out of a little bit of your comfort zone and to be vulnerable and to surrender to lift either physically or literally your hands in worship to God I pray that throughout the week throughout the days to come that you will continue to do that that you will challenge yourself and allow yourself to listen and to be obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit when that happens. Thank you for joining us today, whether in the house or online. We love that you have connected with us and we want to continue to reach out and connect with you. So feel free to contact us if we can serve you, pray for you or encourage you in any way possible. Thank you so much for being here. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again, we, we thank you for how great and wonderful you are. You are worthy of our praise and our worship. I pray that you continue to allow us to worship you with our lives, with our bodies, every day, in every moment. I pray that you keep us safe as we leave here, that you help us to step out of our comfort zone, to be obedient to what you call us to, and to bring glory and honor to your name through that. Thank you for each and every person. May you bless.